on. Yeah, come on. I want to thank Megan for putting that together. She was up here on the keys this morning. And, uh, uh, you know, this is just personal. I know this is so trivial. This is so lame to even think about. But I noticed throughout all those videos, I don't have hair. Now I got hair. So we got to do some new, we got to do some new videos. But uh, it's awesome to see what God's done and where he's taken us and what he's doing through Coastal Family Church. And, and uh, many of you made crazy sacrifices to, to get us to where we are. Um, and, and before I go too far into our, our purpose of the day and, and learning some things about the heart for the house and this building, I want to give some quick shout-outs to, first of all, I want to thank our board, uh, Ricky and Sarah Scarborough, Artie and Pam Tillett. Uh, they've been with us really since the beginning, kind of the conception of this. I think Rick and Sarah came on first when we were in Manio and Artie and them not long after that. They've lived with us, grown through us through a lot of different things and challenged us as well and helped us steward the, the business side and the financial side and even people side some and even ourselves. So, so I want to give them a great big thanks. I want to thank our staff. Uh, a good part of our staff has been with us from the beginning as well. We've added some new staff here in the past couple of years, which is exciting because that means growth is happening and, and we've got to continue to be able to pester and, and navigate uh, uh, Coastal Well, you well, to be able to be there for you and uh, just grateful for all of that grateful for you grateful for uh, some of you have been with us since uh, some of you've actually been with us since first flight where we really started and uh, then we of course went into Manio uh, uh, where the source is now we're there a couple years and uh, any show of hands I, I, this crowd's a little I can't see everybody that was there when we were in Manio let me see your hands Frank and Linda in the back on the staff yep 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 Mike Johnson's here I mean come on guys that, they've been with us a long time <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how many have joined in since we've been in this facility? We've been here about 12 years now. Let me see your hands. Whoa, glory be to God. Thank God for room and space, and that just tells me we're going to need more down the road. Uh, let me give you a quick statistic about church growth. Uh, it's really, it's kind of a people thing. Um, anybody ever heard of the seven-year itch? You know what that means? Seven-year itch, you start to think, hey, should, have I done the right thing here? Hey, by the way, uh, Austin and Ava, Austin Stubblefield, Ava Horning, Todd and Vicki Horning's daughter, they're getting married this week, man, at the end of the week. Come on. <laughs> Kids of the house. That's what's pretty cool about that. Uh, i just give you a little bit of a commercial. We will be gone this whole week, the majority of our staff, for that wedding, honored to and we're going to Tennessee. And why is that important? Because that affects Mike Jones, number one for sure. Cookies and cream will be shut down this week, and uh, uh, we won't have prayer Wednesday night. But anyway, let me jump back to that quick statistic. Um, I've watched this. COVID changed it a little bit, but not a whole lot. I've watched that uh, about five years into uh, making a church your home, there's an itch that comes. By that time, you found something out that you don't like. By that time, I've said something to probably offend you. Probably by that time, somebody next to you has offended you. You don't like them. Uh, they took your chair. Or somebody came to church that you left the church because they were there and you're here. And, and now they're sitting in the, you know, a different section with you. you know. Thank God for two services. You can come to one or the other. <laughs> uh, but usually about five years, that's where the enemy comes and gets you challenged with fleshy stuff. And, and a lot of times people move. People go and they pick up and they go. I don't care if you go or not. Listen to me, don't, don't take that wrong. Just as long as you land in a church somewhere because you need church, you need community. But if I can see people that'll stay 10 years, you've weathered past some of those things, then you've captured a heart 
You've captured value. You've captured the heart for a house. And we can weather any storm. And we're 16 years into this. Hang on with us for another four. We'll be 20 years together. Amen. Let's pray. Father, you're so good. You're so amazing. We love you. Thank you for being so faithful to just carrying us where we are. We're honored to serve you, honored to just be here in front of these people, that they would trust the words that I say. And I trust and hope that they're words that you would say. Help me to be a steward of those things. And if there's anything said that's, that's my personal opinion that doesn't line up with the word, I trust that you'll help them to catch on to that. But more importantly, that they'll walk out knowing who you are as a good God in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Shake hands maybe with one other person as you get ready to be seated. <clears throat> if it is your first time here, thank you for hooking up with us today, coming and hanging out with us. I see some faces I've not seen in a while, so good to have you back. And um, if you're out there online with us for the first time, grateful to have you. Maybe you are part of Coastal Family, joining us online each week. Glad to have you as well. And uh, make sure to, uh, let me say this very quickly for you out there and for all of you here when we launched into this series three weeks ago, uh, Pastor Tiffany did a phenomenal job at talking to us about this personal, physical house. It's one that has to be steward. It's one that has to be cared for. It's one, one that has a promise to live long on this earth until you're satisfied. But I love the scripture that she shared in Corinthians, which said, you can do anything that you want, but just some things are not beneficial. And uh, we're all smart enough to know and learn what those things are. We've all been redeemed from sin. We all have been born again. In a sense, maybe most of us have, but there's still a stewardship of the body if it's going to live long. There's things that shorten the life of a body. And most importantly, the Spirit of God lives in this. It's the temple. And uh, so that should challenge us a little bit. And how about last week, man? Oh, my goodness. If you weren't here, it's out there online. And I would say listen to it two or three times. Mr. Matt Corder, could you stand up real quick, sir, and your wife, Annie? Stand up for me. Amazing. Stay standing for just a couple of seconds. Um, they, last week, he was our communicator last week. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, and I, it's something that I want to put up there on, you know, a top 10 of the year for myself personally. Just, just the, what he talked about was the heart for the house, our house at home. And uh, they are parents of five girls. Give it up for Mac, my dad of five girls. And, uh, but really what I wanted to share with you very quickly is he was ministering, communicating. She was working on the keys. And when service was over, they were uh, working with kids till like 2 in the afternoon, getting ready for our children's program here coming up in December. And uh, come on, I just thank you guys. You're amazing. Thank you so much. <clears throat> I was with Mac at the Men's Fellowship um, Friday morning, and uh, I leaned over and I told him just hey, how much I appreciated him. And he says, Pastor, I would not want to have to do your job every week. And I said, Mac, I would not want to have to do your job every single day with all the kids that he had. Just great, man. Love you. Uh, my piece this week is to come in and talk about the building and the house that we're, we're in. And I'm not going to come with you with, uh, you know, some challenge to pay everything off in, in, you know, an hour. But I, hopefully I can capture your heart on what it is purpose is and, and the heart behind why we come into a facility and symbol together. And I want to start right here, if you don't. My heart actually speaks of value. That's what the word is for us. It's value. It's what we prioritize. And everybody has hundreds of thousands of priorities. 
We all have kids and families and work and all the responsibilities. But there is a value to, you know, caring for things that maybe represent God to yourself, to your community, and to your family. There is priority and benefits to that as well. But I want to take you to Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Most of the time when we see the word church in Scripture, uh, we're referring to the body of Christ. Uh, we're refer referring to the in Christ Christians that have made Christ their Lord. When you see that word in, in Scripture, that's, that's what it's uh, focused on the majority of the time. Mark chapter 16, verse 18. And I say and also unto thee that thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Every preacher loves to preach on that and loves to go after that. But I want to bring something down to a little bit more practical. I want us to talk about wherever we are in, when we're in this building. Because most of us, when we think of church, we're probably thinking of the building. Uh, anybody ever had ask of you, where do you go to church? They're not talking about the assembly of biblical teaching. They're talking about where, where's the building? Where's the house? I might want to go to that. Uh, or they might want to say, hey, I don't want to be associated with that. You know, a lot of different thoughts, but that's how we think about it. Well, listen to me. The first Christians uh, didn't have fellowship in buildings and, and like we do. They met from house to house. It was how they started. But as they grew and as the... Uh, Christianity started to go throughout nations, they, then they began to move in a more commonplace. They began to move in more, a greater community of commonplace. Not even a building as of yet. They just would go to larger venues. They would go to outside venues where they could house the number of people. But I want you to go with me here and think about some common sense thoughts. I found this. I did not realize this myself. But Christianity today is the largest religion in the world. It's 2.382 billion people considered themselves Christians. Now, that's got a lot of diversity to it. I get that. I understand that. But even large outdoor meetings themselves are not practical anymore. Think about the event site down the street from us or a um, uh, 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 festival park. You have to schedule those, much less you cannot schedule them week from week uh, unless you're extremely wealthy. I know uh, the venue for weddings uh, over in the um, uh, uh, festival park, there's a cost to that. So it's not practical. Common sense says there's enough number of people wanting to get together now that we, we can't do that anymore. And so even talk about the subject of house to house. Uh, think about this. Homes today are not large enough to house the amount of people that want to gather together. Could you imagine all of us here coming to your house every single week? It's impossible. Now, you can come into my front yard if you want. We'll have church in my front yard. But my HOA is going to be complaining pretty quickly <laughs> because of the traffic. It's just common sense. It's not feasible for the amount of people that want to gather together. And when you think about this, uh, go with me on this thought. Maybe someone that have a house large enough to accommodate maybe some greater numbers, two or three hundred, might be an ultra, uh, maybe somebody that's extremely wealthy, got a large home. But that would actually maybe even create something, a thought that someone coming outside wouldn't feel welcome because they don't fit in that group. Some of the practical reasons, some of the practical uses of a church building, a church house, listen to what some of these things are. Most church buildings are valuable because they're multi-purpose. Um, I think of uh, some of these venues uh, uh, housing Christian schools, Wanchi's Assembly, 
I thank God for Juan Chi's assembly and the Christian school that we have there. Some venues are able, like Mount Olivet, are able to use their facility. They have a commercial kitchen. They're able to uh, feed uh, those coming in that are, especially during these holidays. Swing all the way back up with me to Kerala and Kerala, Kerala Methodist Church. Anybody ever seen that facility? Phenomenal. Weddings are done there. Weddings are done in churches. There's, it's multi-purpose. It's a hub of social life. Now, we want to be careful with social life. We, you know, we want to, want to turn it into a party. We do come here to grow. But I know that this facility in and itself is used constantly for small groups now. One of the things that I had on my heart when we started Coastal Family Church, I did not want Coastal, and we've really come to this place, to become one of those churches or buildings where you only saw cars in the parking lot on Sunday. You never saw something happening during the week. Because to me, it needs to be multi-purpose. It needs to be utilized. Well, when it needs to be utilized, there's wear and tear. Then you start to get to the place where you need to upkeep. Uh, we did housekeeping with volunteers. Uh, we're revisiting that now because there's so much upkeep. Our staff is doing it some now. Eventually, you'll come to the place where you have to pay to have that done. All I'm saying is church growth and church building has... A, how about this thought? Church also represents a safe place to people. Somebody going down the street, uh, happens all the time. Somebody going down the street, church, oh, that place will welcome me. That pl- I got some hurts going on. I need someone to talk to. I need some money. I need all, all kinds of thoughts. It represents a safe place. The building, the house. Haven't met anybody, but the building says there might be somebody in there that would care for me. I, I look at this as well. It's, um, Maybe people don't think about it from this standpoint. Pastorally, I do. Mark chapter 7, verse 37, the scripture says that Jesus did all things well. Uh, It says they were actually astonished, those that were around him, how he did things well. And and actually, he was involved in ministry in the moment of actually getting ready to lay hands on people. And says he did all things well. The word well meant excellent. It meant honorable. It meant did all things within truth. So I think about it from this standpoint, in the physical house, the physical building, it should represent excellence. It should represent God. It should not have uh, rips in the... Anybody come in and seen the uh, big burn stain in the carpet out there in the floor? Nobody wants to admit that. Now you will. You'll see it. I'm the culprit of that. I sat down one of those hot chafing dishes one time, and it just burnt the hole in the floor. This was when we first started, and I wanted to replace the carpet immediately, but... Didn't have dollars to replace the carpet immediately. My whole point is we have to look at this thing a little bit differently than what we do. A lot of times we don't realize the multi-purpose of a building in the house, and common sense tells me that we do want to gather together, and there's facilities that make that available to us. Well, we just want to talk about that. What does that really mean? What is actually happening in it? Let me read this to you. The purpose of this house is where we come together and God takes our different personalities. Look at somebody say, you got one. Different personalities and gifts. Unifies them as a single body and equips us to care for each other. To make an impact in our community and to reach the world. Now listen. Regardless of denomination, most church buildings represent a link to God for those outside the faith. And are often a drawing card to the lost and those in crisis. I'm a believer now more than ever after COVID in the gathering, in the assembly, in a house, in a single building. 
because you look at every statistic today skyrocketing from the effects of forcing us to go into a house, into us four and no more, and family and no more. And you look at those effects, I know right now that when a church has no home, is not able to come to its building, is not able to come to its facility, a lot more is affected. The community's affected, the neighborhoods are affected, people are affected because we're meant to do community together. Go with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is imperfect, or excuse me, is perfect, committed, and open toward him. This basically begins to show us God's heart. I'm looking for committed people. Now, a lot of times we lean that towards just personal relationship. Am I committed to God personally in my relationship? But I believe more than ever, he's looking for a church that's committed to something. When you think about truth be told, what we're committed to shows what's valuable to us, shows what, uh, where we spend our time, where we spend our resources. And again, I said to you, all of us have a lot of that. All of us have a lot vying for our time, for our resources, um, and, and we ha- we're juggling those priorities constantly. But do you realize that it also shows the value in your commitment to God within those as well? <clears throat> God says, I'm looking for a people who are committed to me. But listen to this. This really kind of came out of my heart. Not only is God looking for a people who are committed to him, but he's looking for churches who are fully committed, who people that are a, a gathering of people who are committed in the area they live, county, community, and around the world. The word church in the scripture means is a Greek word ecclesia. But listen to its definition. It's a called out assembly. Not a called out one, a called out assembly. It's a called out group of people that know God, a called-out group of people that have found freedom in their life, a called-out group of people that actually are either on the journey of or have discovered their purpose, and a called-out people that really are making a difference within that. So when, when I say that, when I say some of those common-sense thoughts, let me ask you this question. Ask this of yourself. What do you think it means to be fully committed to a local church? For starters, I want to go ahead and say this. It's imperfect people. I wrote this down. This is how I thought about this subject. It's imperfect people embracing imperfect people to experience life with Jesus. It's a people with vision, a people with a mission, a people with gifts, a people with talents, a people with a heart for the house. Listen, coming together to help fulfill something incredible for the kingdom of God. In any house, Guys, in any family with imperfect people, you're going to have messes, all right? You're going to have people that don't get along. You're going to have people that move and uproot and go somewhere else. It's just part of family. It's just part of local church and assembling together. And when you put all of this diversity in one house, different ways of being raised, different thoughts, it's kind of safe in here in a sense because we can do that. It's when we get you in a small group that that gets a little bit more personal. And we think that that's the secret sauce to Coastal Family Church. But the beginning of that secret sauce is this community right here. Because we come together weekly, and in that weekly moment, we're putting all of this, and I I think it's awesome about God because it shows an amazing sense of humor. Why? Because God loves messes, and he loves to clean up messes. 
Look at somebody and tell them, you need a lot of cleaning up. <laughs> so here, go with me. He's looking for a heart of people that have a heart for a house. But how about a heart for a church building? We just saw some of the common sense uses of it. We just saw some of the common thoughts of, of its purpose. And, and, but let me ask you this. Do you know of some benefits of it? Other than just doing a wedding in it, other than just I get fed the word of God, is are there benefits to the house and the building and the, the brick and mortar? I want to take you beyond the brick and mortar and get you to see what really happens in this moment where we're together. I want to give you five benefits real quickly. Number one, my church house, where we meet, the building, helps me keep life focused on God. <clears throat> Matthew 22, 36 through 38. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Guys, when Sunday rolls around, I, I, not just because I'm a pastor, I, I did a, many years trying to not go to church because of maybe some of the forcing that I had when I was young. Maybe I rebelled a little bit because of that. But now that I'm mature, now that I'm a little bit older, I wish I understood this when I was 20. When I was 21, I would have done a lot more to, to make it impactful in my life and to be an impact for other people. But I run the church. I can't wait for Sunday morning because I understand now for me personally and maybe for you as well, a lot happens between Sunday and Sunday. And a lot of changes, a lot of ups and a lot of downs and some good and some bad. A lot of life goes on. And man, if I can just get to my, you're my crutch. <laughs> you're what I depend on. If I can just get to my church family and, and my church and we get worshiping together and we can hear the word together and I just get around that, it, it keeps me focused. Number two, my church house where we meet, the building helps me connect with other believers. In that same chapter, Matthew 22, 39 through 40, it says, And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now let's be honest. We can embrace loving God. Why? Because he's never let us down. He's never denied us. Never walked away from us. Never hurt us. He's always loved us. Loved us. But it's, that's not always the case when it comes to loving people. Because people will let you down. Two of your greatest challenges in life, you ever thought about this? Is yourself and people. Because you've got to interact with people the rest of your life. They're going to be with that. Even when we go to heaven, there's going to be a family of people. If you don't like singing, you're in trouble. Because there's going to be a lot of singing in heaven. It's amazing to me the little things that we let irk us about a church... And it's building, it's cosmetic, it's what's in it. And they didn't do this, and the sound is here, and this is here. And we kind of missed the whole point of what this is, what's going on in here. But there is responsibility in this place that we have. But think about this, when it comes to connecting with people and growing to love people. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through 25, the Passion Translation. Discover, excuse me, so now wrap your heart, everybody say heart, Tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion. 
doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed a habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. Now, I believe that coming together is two places, twofold. I believe that it is in this larger setting. I believe it keeps us pointing in a direction, but I also believe in the, in the small group setting. I believe there's a gathering in a setting there. <clears throat> you actually could read this, if you read this uh, maybe through a, a different lens, I can say that if I don't do this, that discouragement is the inevitable. That's, what we just, that's really what's being said in that whole chapter. These are the things that keep you knitted together. These are the things that keep you uh, people important. But if you don't have these things in your life, discouragement will be there for sure. <clears throat> number three leads me to number three. My church house, where we meet, the building is where I grow spiritually. It's not the only place you grow spiritually. I know you have personal time at home, but I know most people have 15 minutes of Bible maybe once a day. I know that most people pray only in crisis. I know that maybe some don't pray until you do come to church. It's, it's just people. But at least when I come back to church and I get focused and I get connected, I can grow a little bit there because, listen, no one is meant to grow up spiritually alone. And the enemy would love to push you to a place where you are growing alone because, number one, you just might become like him where pride sets in. And you exalt yourself above something that you're not to exalt yourself up above. Or you get deplete, uh, depleted in and of your own self and come to the place where you are hating life and you hate you. He'd love to take you down either road. You need people in your life. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. And his gifts to the church were varied, and he himself appointed some apostles, special messengers and representatives, some as prophets who speak a new message from God to the people, some as evangelists who spread the good news of salvation, and some as pastors and teachers, that's me, to shepherd and guide and instruct. And he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people. That's the fivefold ministry gift. But I love the words that are used there, some, some, some. Not everybody's going to be everything. And he kind of envelops everybody in the same thought. Everybody has different gifts and different abilities. For the work of service, this is what he's equipping people to be, for the work of service to build up the body of Christ, the church, until we all reach oneness in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become mature believers. When you first become a child of God, you are not mature. You're immature. Now, you can fast forward that as fast as you want. Uh, I, I know my first year in Bible school, man, I became a hermit. I needed to fast forward out of the life I was living into the life with the kingdom of God, and I just became a Bible hermit. I really did. I memorized Bible. I memorized Scripture. I'm not telling you to do that, but I know how dangerous I was when I came out of that. I needed to get around a group of people that would help me grow and mature and actually have some common sense about myself. He goes on to say, reaching the measure of fullness, excuse me, growing spiritually to become mature believers, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity so that we're no longer children spiritually immature. He goes on to say that are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Number four, my church house, where we meet, the building that I'm in, is a place where I can learn how to share God's message with someone else. 
How do I know that? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. And all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ. But once I become an in Christ believer, he says, I have given you the ministry of reconciliation. You'd be more apt to be more comfortable to share maybe something good happening in your life, maybe in this setting. Some are more comfortable one-on-one, I get it. But at least we can begin to see the model happening. How do I do this? How do I share what's happening within me? How do I tell my story? And Because I believe my story will help somebody. Maybe in the building might be where that starts. Number five, my church house, where we meet, the building, is where we can learn the importance of my God-given gifts, supporting my local church, and giving something back. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We're many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In this grace, God has given us different gifts to doing, for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach them well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. You ever been around somebody that's encouraging? Someone that just, man, I, I'm having a bad day. Let me call so-and-so because they'll tell me, they'll pull me up. They'll pull me out of that. The gift of encouraging. Then there's this gift here. It says it's the gift of, it's, it is if... If it is giving, give generously. There's a gift of giving on people. We all maybe love to give. We all want to give of ourselves. But there are some people that just trump the giving thought. They're, they're kind of maybe entrepreneur in their thought. I, I think of our, my good friend Steve Miller who comes here uh, about every other year to minister to our businessmen. A Fortune 500 company. But I know where he started. He started selling hogs, 45, 48 hogs. That was his first business venture as a kid. And from that moment on, he's just got something on him to just grow and to uh, uh, prosper. And, and actually, if you get around Steve, he's kind of goofy. He's not necessarily the most eloquent businessman you ever thought of. But there's something on him that becomes a gift to be able to give. And, and, and I'm, be, I'm careful to say this this way because I don't want to belittle anybody. No matter what your offering is, it's big to God. But there are some people that are in position to just give big to God. Their bank accounts are like this, and, and we want to be careful. It says the love of money is the root of all evil, but there are some people that have a handle on that, and they have this place in their life that increase, and, and it, their business continues to prosper and increase. They're called to be givers. It's a gift in the body of Christ. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Now listen, I'm going to sum up all of that in the one scripture. An amazing example of this where you have a heart for the church, the house, the building, the people, the message, can be found in Acts chapter 2 when the church started. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. This is chapter 2, 42 through 47. A deep sense of awe, value, heart came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day. 
met in homes for the Lord's Supper, small groups, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Now listen to me. Over 16 years, Coastal Family Church started. We've been in this house 12, maybe 13 of those years. These walls weren't here when we started. We built these. It was a, I think it was a $100,000 investment when we did this. And uh, I remember having being so scared in that moment because we didn't have the amount of people that are here now. When you have the numbers that we have, close to 600 people, you can do a little bit. You can do things. You got money in the bank. You've got savings. You've got, you, you just, you know, when you go somewhere to get a loan, they don't turn you away. But it's just some of the beginning steps. When, when we went in to do this, I remembered the, the investment, and, and I was just really disheartened one day. I'm like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to pay for this? And our first offering we raised in this, and we're not getting ready to raise an offering today. Don't, don't think that. But our first offering, I think the people at that time, maybe, maybe 300 people at the most, did a one-time offering of like $28,000. Well, that got us started, but I had $100,000 to pay off. And then we, uh, I'll never forget um, Calvin and Lorianne Gibbs. They basically carried this whole project. They didn't charge us interest. They didn't charge money down. They just basically financed it themselves. Helped us. They, they met us outside and said, hey, we just want to be a part of what you're doing. And they helped us go. And uh, I got nervous in the middle because it was going into about eight, nine months, ten months of, of, of doing all of this. And the Lord spoke to me very clearly, and I've, we've tried to live by this now, constantly. And he says, I, keep it manageable, and I'll bless it and prosper it and keep it moving forward. We had a lot of growth in the beginning. We made some bad mistakes in the beginning just from personal understanding of finances. But we're not there anymore. We're a long way from that. But in the process of that, I remember when we sat in front of the bank in Manio, just us two right here, going sitting in front of the bank in Manio. We needed to take a loan out. We wanted to pay it off. It was like $50,000 loan or something like that. And we got in there and we sat in front of Olin Davis. And he let us pour our hearts out like two little kids knowing nothing. And, and we didn't have anything to secure anything to. We just were going basically to beg. And, and we sat down and he let us beg. And then he stopped us and he says, listen, Kids, we've all kids. He said, "Kids, we've already decided a long time ago, before you came in, that we wanted to be a part of what God's doing through Coastal Family Church." Wrote us a check for fifty thousand. Man, I'm telling you what, I couldn't wait to get to to Calvin and Lorianne to give them that check, and we took them to Owens. Uh, we paid for the meal at Owens personally. We paid for the Owens meal and gave them like twelve hundred dollar tip, whatever. I think I found out you're supposed to do that. We're just kids, man. Huh? Yeah, we gave it to Lori and Calvin. Anyway, it was just a good day. There's a lot happened at Coastal between now and then. We're in a different place than we've ever been. Like I said, money in the bank, savings and everything, but I think probably the most exciting thing for us is we were able to buy this building a couple years ago. You know, when, before you bought the building, we leased it. And when we leased this building, it's not smart money to um, do a whole lot to the building because you could just... It's just not smart. It's not smart money. Well, now we own the building, and I love what Pastor Tiffany said the first week, that we're, we're focused on paying on the principal and paying down the principal so we can get this thing paid off quick. 
that $120,000 a year go, would go a lot farther places other than just paying for a building. So that's our goal. But then also as you come into a facility, there's upkeep, there's renovations, there's things that you want to do, there's things that are important, there's things to keep it running. And, and uh, we just want to present those things to you. We want to come to you about heart for the house. Now you know the bigger picture of what's going on. Now you know what's happening in here, the life that's happening and the changes. There's immediate needs that we have. There's immediate needs of renovation. There's things that we want to do in the future. And there's vision to come down the road. I know some of the things we're going to do here pretty directly is we're going to replace the doors in the front. We're going to replace some of the doors in the back. We have to. If you want to go out that door, you have to use a screwdriver to get out of it anyway. So we need to fix that. And the doors in the front, water comes underneath them. We, we need to immediately uh, uh, address that. There's some electrical work that needs to be done in the back. There's some parking lot stuff. It's just we own the building, guys. It's 20 years old, so we're going to make some investment in doing that. We could go do this without any help from anybody because of what you're already doing. We could go do it. But we want to come to you and to present those things to you, the heart for the house offerings, and give you an opportunity. That's, this is not a one-time offering. This is not a, uh, um, a tithe offering. This is above and beyond the general expenses of the general operations. It's a heart to just keep moving forward as a family and invest in what's happening. It won't be the first time. It won't be the last time. We're going to have more come at you. We've got vision. We want to create, do things with the sound so you can hear better. I mean, I, we hear weekly that the sound sucks in here. Can you say sucks in church? Ooh. We know. You don't have to tell us anymore. We know it. If you, I hear it when it hits the wall. I hear it myself three times before it gets to you. Pop, 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 pop. We know it. But there's an investment to do that. And, but we didn't want to do any of those things until it was ours. Because there was an agreement. I think we've replaced all the heating and air and we've done all of that. But there was an agreement doing that. He paid half, we paid half. And I think, never mind. Anyway, we've done what if we could, smart, but now what we want to do is smart to upkeep what we have. And so now you can go onto our church app. I think it'll be launched today that will lead you to our website. And on our website, you'll see Heart for the House. And we're going to break this down in phases. We have phase one that we're going to approach first. We want to raise $40,000 to approach phase one. Because those are the immediates. Those are the things that we don't want mold in the building and we want to keep power in the building. And, and some of those things are pretty immediate. We need to approach those. We've done some good stewardship on the cost of that. I've met with multiple people about what, how to do it. There's some framework we want to change outside. So we want to raise $40,000 to complete that first phase by the end of the year. We don't want to wait on that. And then there's a second phase, and I think there's a third phase, things in the future. Sound will be coming next year. That will be an approach. We've already met somebody about that and, and how we can create a better experience in here. Another place that we have to be thoughtful of also is that group that's out there watching right now, the online worshipers. There's, there's a host of people out there. And to be able to continue to give them an experience, it's just the world we live in, you have to make investments to do that. We've already done some, but we need to do more. So anyway, this is just the heart. I didn't want to come to you and approach you with the thoughts of what we, would, we need to have done physically until you actually understood what was done internally. And the sacrifices that you've already made are well, got us well to where we are. But I wanted you to see something. Stand up with me, and I got one scripture. 
I want to ask Mackenzie to come up. She'll give you a picture of what the app, and I think she's even going to take you into maybe the heart of a mom speaking to her kids. And uh, When you hear this video, listen to the background noise. It's a day in a mom that you'll hear for sure. But I want to share this scripture with you. I've been reading in 2 Chronicles quite a bit here lately, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, because it's just fascinating to me. David was given the challenge to build the temple, or he had a heart to build the temple for God that would house the presence of God. He did not build it. It was transitioned over to his son. His son took over that. Solomon took over. If you get a chance, go read it, man. It's amazing the detail and the excellence that was put into the, the creating of the temple. And So fast forward through all of that. All of the dollars and things that were spent to create this thing for God. And I think what I want you to see is maybe the scripture that jumped out at me because I, I've seen it. I've seen the hand of God on you people. I've seen the hand of God in restoration of you people. I've seen God take you from this to here and you went back and go back and you go back. But I just see the favor of God. Will and Miranda. Four weeks in a row now back. I'm putting them on the spot because we missed them while they were gone. We were in small groups together. But look, they're back. I could go to every single one of you. I might challenge to remember your name, but I do know your face. Bo, I, th I just think of what God's doing in your personal lives. And we just had the privilege of being a part of that. And if we're going to continue to gather together, we're going to continue to put up with all of our messes and imperfections. Let's just take care of what God's given us to be able to do that. Here's the scripture. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 16, For I've chosen this temple, this house, and I've set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. Now listen to this. I will always watch over it. The house includes the assembly. The house includes the family. I will always watch over the family of that church. I'm not speaking for all churches. I'm just speaking for us. I will always watch over that family for it is dear to my heart. Every head bow, every eye close. Father, we are so grateful and so thankful for the privilege we have to serve you with a building, to serve you with a facility, and to serve your mission and your vision here on the Outer Banks. Honored that you called all of us together to be able to do that. But most importantly, there's nothing more important that this building is used for, and that is to see people come into your kingdom, maybe for the first time. Someone that gives their heart to the kingdom of God. Someone that comes into relationship with you for the first time. Or maybe someone that, that repents and comes back to you and runs back to you. Thank you for all the stories and testimonies. But if there's somebody here right now, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to move and to work on their hearts. And give them that chance right now to just know you want to be their father. Anybody here, you want to make Jesus your Lord for the first time. Or you want to come back and make a commitment to him again and recommit and just know that he loves you still where you are and has a promise for you, a purpose for you. I don't see any hands this morning. Will you look up here and give Mackenzie your attention? You guys are amazing. Thank you for hearing maybe some of this heart. Heart for the house, heart for the building, heart for the brick and mortar. But no, there's a lot more going on in here than just brick and mortar because of amazing people like you. Thank you, guys.
moisturize for a second. Your marriage was restored in this house. I want you to raise your hand. If your children have felt the presence of God in this house, I want you to raise your hand. If you have felt the presence of God in this house, I want you to raise your hand. If your business, keep your hands up, don't put them down, keep them up if you raise them. If your business has been strengthened because of this house, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to look up, look around the room. This house has done something for you. And I just wanna encourage you that you heard a lot of numbers, you heard a lot of different things today. But if this house has done something for you, it is our responsibility to keep making sure that this house does something for someone else. And electrical and doors, those things seem menial, but those things are what keep it going. So I just wanna encourage you that if you have experienced the heart of this house, then it is our responsibility to have a heart for this house as well. I have one video that I want to show you very quickly. You can see the heart for the house that my own three-year-old has. Can you play it really quick? You ready? Can you play it? My three-year-old loves it here. Anyways, um, we just want to let you know just a couple of, like, um, I guess, structural things just so you can know how to actually be a part of the Howard for the house. On our app and on our website, there is a tab either underneath of Give or on the front page of the app. There is a thing that says Heart for the House. Chase, can you play that video that shows them how to do that? And on there, you're going to see a video from Pastor Stephen and Tiffany just letting you know more about Heart for the House. There's going to also be the information about the three phases. We are doing one phase, two phase, three phase. We're not going to approach each phase at once. We are starting one at a time. But as we grow and as we gain finances, we are going to be putting that information on there so you know where we are at. Also, there's a tab for you to partner with us and be a part of Heart for the House. We are not asking you to give weekly. We're not asking you to give right now. We're not doing one-day offering. But what we're encouraging you, as you wake up in the morning, as you um, go to a small group, when you find yourself having a heart for this house and experiencing the heart for the house, I encourage you to show that you have a heart for the house as we continue to make changes and grow in this church. We absolutely adore you. We hope that you enjoy the Sunday. Hopefully the sun comes out. I know everybody feels that way. Anyways, you guys are dismissed. We love you. Hello everyone. Hey, I'm Pastor Stephen. This is Pastor Tiffany. We just want to thank you for joining our online worship experience today. And uh, grateful to have you. We got some information that we want to pass on to you. Maybe you can connect up with us here real soon. Uh, back on another online worship experience.
love to connect with you. And if you just take a moment and download our Coastal Family Church app, you're going to find a great card on that section. Just take a moment and submit that and fill that out. We'd love to put a free gift in your hand and also slip a letter in the mail letting you know more about Coastal Family Church and any upcoming events we have. Maybe this is your first time with us. And again, we just want to say thank you. If you call Coastal Family Church your home, we want to let you know that there's a several ways that you can give also on our app or on our website. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Pastor Stephen. Hey, we'll see you.